Hey, Peppin. Yo, 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 yo. You know, I've been thinking a lot lately about um, greetings. Greetings? Like, mm-hmm. hello, how are you? Bonjour. Yeah. Yeah, just like that. Like, hello. Hey. Oh, that reminds me. There's a meal delivery kit. It's called Hello Fresh, and I use it, and it's really good. Oh, does it like talk to you when it gets there? Like, like is it like hello? And that's why they call it that. Nate, we need to talk. Welcome back. So glad you guys could join us. I am here once again with my best friend, Nathan Pepin. How's it going today, Pepin? Yo, yo, I am here and I'm ready for an excellent conversation about stuff. Uh, Everything say I'm good. How are you doing, Meter? I'm doing great, thanks. Uh, Yeah, cooking um, is is a great place to start. Uh, I mentioned HelloFresh. This is not hashtag sponsored ad. Uh, This is just straight up talking talking about the things that i've used i also use have used blue apron for a meal delivery service have you ever used any of those meal delivery grocery delivery anything like that i can't say i have i mean i'm a little bit interested in them my main concern with them is that they wouldn't have enough food to fill me and and, and also they put lots of stuff in there i don't like so those are my main two concerns but I, i'm intrigued that's super fair um i mean most of those fears aren't as aren't uh, as much of a concern because um, every week there's like 30 different options to choose from and you choose the four whatever however many meals you want delivered that get delivered so you can almost always find something you like and completely honestly I've probably done a hundred different meals I've cooked and of that hundred like 10 of them i was like oh yeah i know i'm gonna like this and the rest i'm like there's no way i'm gonna like this mm-hmm. and of those there's probably two i haven't liked mm-hmm. so even when i'm like there's no way i'm gonna like this i end up liking it hmm. interesting now what made you think to try out one of those services oh laziness <laughs> <laughs> uh a couple of things i you know i'm trying to eat a little bit better mm-hmm. um i found i was using like um Grubhub or one of those, uh, I use DoorDash, but one of those other types of meal delivery services where they go to the, re- they drive to the restaurant for you and bring you stuff um, too much. And uh, I wasn't, I hate shopping uh, at a grocery store. So this kind of took the need of that away. So now I literally never, if I didn't want to, I could just never leave my house and I'd be fine. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting to think about that a little bit because if you think about humanity in the past, like the biggest part of your life was foraging for foods. I mean, mm-hmm. there's other stuff too, but that was like the major component is going out, trying to find some berries, twigs, or uh, meat, or mm-hmm. just anything. And now you don't have to really concern yourself with that. It gets forged for you and brought to your door. Yeah, which is really nice. And the other, the other part was like eating a little bit more healthy, um, which was really which was becoming more and more important to me as I was trying to to continue to lose weight. Uh, and, you know, this gives me the option to eat a vegetable with every meal. Um, and it tells me how to prepare it and what it goes with and all that stuff. So um, that's really nice. And learning, uh, learning how to cook, hmm. stuff I wouldn't normally cook. That's also really nice. Now I've cooked a ton of different things. Hmm. Well, one thing that you brought up there is it makes it incredibly easy to be lazy. And in a weird way, that kind of works for your advantage if it's healthy food, because mm-hmm. if you get the healthy food delivered to you, now you don't have to really think about what you're getting. It's it's already healthy, and you know it 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 increased it decreases the amount of lazy inertia, you know, to mm-hmm. to avoid doing that. If that makes any sense. No, it definitely does. Um, because like, and it's not like like you know me. It's I'm never actually being lazy. It's just more about not going out and like spending. It's more about like where I'm spending my time. And I would rather be spending my time working on a project or something like that rather than doing the grocery store forage, Mm. um, waiting in lines, all of that stuff, having to plan out meals. Like I don't have to have headspace for that stuff anymore 
Now it's all, I just pick the meals and it's delivered to my house and it's healthy already. Um, it's already portioned out. So I don't have to like, be like, okay, how much, how many calories is this portion? It tells me right on it. This meal is 800 calories. This meal is a thousand calories. So I know right out the gate exactly what I'm getting into. I can balance my diet better in a more healthy way. It's for me, it works very, very well. Hmm. It makes a lot of sense. And I, I do kind of agree with your point about like being efficient with time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like something I do with my girlfriend is uh, whenever we eat, we watch something on TV. Yep. I, I, there's this idea of like, uh, you know, you should have dinner at the table and stuff like that. But I think that's really stupid because when you have dinner at the table, like unless there's like a bunch of people there, like you can't really talk to each other, both just stuffing your face. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's best to be time efficient and like eat while your mouth is full and watch something. And then, you know, after you're done eating, you talk about the thing. Right. But yeah, to me, it's, it's I don't just to make sense. The first part of Netflix and chill should be eating. That's obvious. Uh, Anna in chat says never leaving the house sounds amazing. And that's kind of the code that I live by is if I cannot leave the house, I'm not going to, because why? <laughs> it, it sounds very healthy. <laughs> Uh, what makes that unhealthy? Uh, if I was going to say it's, I think we have this like exploratory kind of aspect to our brains that kind of need to be stimulated. Uh, I mean, I mean, getting outside is very healthy for your sleep, for instance, because you have to get enough mm-hmm. sufficient blue light. And if you're always inside, it can affect your depth perception, eyes, you know, vis- visual, this is anything visual kind of related. And then there's a social ability aspect. But I, I just think, you know, basically we need to explore a tiny bit, you know, maybe not as much as we used to, but you have to have a little bit of that to uh, kind of fully be healthy. I have a small house, so depth perception is irrelevant. I don't need to see any depth. Everything's right in front of me. On top of that, I get plenty of social interaction. Look at, look at this right now. Whoa, I'm interacting socially. This is great. And guess where I am, Nate? I'm in my house looking at a blue screen. No, I do go for a, a minimum mile uh, a day, mm-hmm. uh, be it a walk or run, whatever that's getting my exercise, getting outside. Um, you know, I worked in the garden some, uh, which you could say is still, you know, at my house. And when I'm going for a walk, it's down this road that is very, there's very few cars on it. Maybe I'll see a car in the time that I walk the mile. So, you know, it's all still relatively like at my house. It doesn't mean I won't leave. It doesn't mean I'm scared to leave or I absolutely hate it. It's just very draining for me to be out in public with everybody's weird energies. I'd much rather just be uh, chilling in my own space. Like I feel more charged, more engaged with the world when I'm not directly in person interacting with the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I could definitely see that. Uh, like for me, I do my grocery orders online with uh, like Walmart pickup. Yep. It, it's free. And mostly because whenever i go to walmart i just get like like angry like i I just hate people (laughs) i thought you were gonna say you buy like more things because you're physically there seeing them but no (laughs) i just don't like looking at people (laughs) well okay so so i'm gonna describe this experience everyone has had here but yeah you go to walmart or you go to any grocery store and Mm. doesn't matter where you're standing you're in somebody's way yeah if you keep moving, someone's just going to be in your way. It, it, it's just inevitable. And then people are just fucking idiots. Like, they, mm-hmm. they will always just, like, be doing stupid stuff. They will just be standing there, talking, walking away. And you can't get to the stuff. And what should be, like, a 10-minute like a, like a grocery trip it turns into, like, a 20-minute grocery trip. Mm-hmm. And you either have to be super aggressive or you can just be, like, the old lady and just kind of go around. But then people still give you, like, stink eye. Mm-hmm. and also the people that shop generally are not not enjoyable i don't know if you go to like a <laughs> okay keep going okay if you go to like a uh, smaller place so like uh, mm-hmm. around here we have hannaford which it's a bit pricier but less people are generally shopping there you can kind of avoid some of that and also the people who shop at hannaford usually tend to be a bit more uh, on the polite side uh, mm-hmm. So that's less of an issue, but, you know, you're paying a higher price and a higher premium. But, you know, I think just avoid all that kind of stress and like, like, like I don't want to leave shopping just being angry. So I, I order online and that's my solution to it. Yeah. Hannaford does have it going on. 
With, I mean, with that said, though, there's something about shopping in person, too, that I've noticed. And that's when I went to Walmart to shop for my groceries, the prices there are cheaper, but I would always end up spending more money there, even though it's cheaper than if I go to Shaw's and shop, I end up with a smaller ticket, even though things are more expensive. And that's always super interesting to me. What do you think that is? I don't know. Maybe I'm being uh, maybe I'm being tricked into thinking like, oh, this is such a good deal. I need to buy it. So buying things that at another store, I'd be like, that's not a good deal. So I won't buy it. Um, or maybe it's uh, maybe it's something about the psychology of how they do their business, which it probably is something to that as well, because Walmart's has the money to put into. Um, like how they organize their shelves and where things are placed and things like that uh, and the research behind that. Um, and maybe that Walmart has a different selection of things that I'm more likely to buy mm -hmm. than, than Shaw's does. For me, I think it'd probably be the price because uh, I think I might notice that myself to some degree unless I'm just blind shopping, like, like if mm -hmm. I don't really care. But uh, I, I find myself shopping at Hannaford, I'll just be very wary of everything I add to my cart because I just know it's going to be a lot more in the end. Like I always get a little bit surprised. So I'm always a little bit careful with that. So that's what I think it would be for me if that happened, which I have seen it happen. Fair. And I mean, I think that's, uh, it's probably not an uncommon thing. Um, but that's all, that's always just super interesting to me. So this also helps uh, the final, the final thing that I'll say for a meal delivery service is it's the same price every week. Um, and it has cut down on my grocery bill because now I'm not going to the store and making impulse purchases. I'm not, um, you know, this week, this is more expensive than this, or I don't have to think about any of that. It's all every week. I know exactly what I'm paying. And it's the same exact amount every single week, which is very nice for budgeting purposes. Hmm. Hmm. I'll have to look at that into that a little bit more because it, mm -hmm. it might be something interesting for uh, me and my girlfriend to kind of take up. Yeah. I think they, anytime you have one of these services, they give you like, give this free box to your friend and stuff. So if anybody want is interested in trying it out, I think I can give free boxes or something. Uh, again, I'm not pay, paid to promote this. I'm not trying to, to do a paid promotion of any sort. Um, just trying to, to offer that up if someone wants to try it out. I'm happy to to help however I can. Um but it, it is nice. Uh it does mean that I'm cooking every every meal. You know, I'm I'm not getting any, you know, frozen chicken nuggets I can pop in the oven and just eat. So it is more involved. I have to have dishes every single time I want to eat something. Mhm. Mm yeah, that's the big cost with uh those sorts of things. But it's also a benefit. Um mm -hmm. I was thinking that it, it's like the food that we eat a lot of times, like, like part of it is that we have so much choice with what we eat. We, we, we get really choosy with it. Cause like I, myself, I don't like greens very much. Like I, I've tried to eat uh, lettuce. I tried to eat lots of things like that, like the healthier foods. And I can't, I don't like fish. Uh, I, I liked fish in the past, but it, I don't know. It, it just annoys me. So there's so many like things I don't want to eat, but I know that if I was on a desert island or if I was like just starving to death, like I would eat whatever in front of me. And it's, it's like a part of what I think the issue we run into in the modern world is we have so much choice and so much as like we can just be picky as we want that we just throw so many things off our table. Yeah. No. And I mean that it, it's nice and it's not nice, um, that we can, we can be that cheesy. Cause it does mean that you have the option to just get into a rut and always cook the same thing over and over. Um, which no, probably isn't good for diversity of, um, you know, what your, your diet, which I imagine is probably important. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. Um, so here's, uh, Here's typically what, what would happen. So this is for the 28th, which is, you know, in not this coming weekend, but the weekend after. So they pre-select three in case you don't select yourself. Um, and I get three meals with two servings. So 
Uh, that's six total meals. And then I have one free meal somewhere in there. So a lot of times I'll go over somebody's house or uh, order out or have somebody over or something like that. So on those days, sometimes I won't eat one of these meals. So this gives me the whole week pretty much by for living by myself. You can change this to be more meals or bigger servings. So you could have four servings if you have a, a family or whatever, which is nice. Um, but like, let's say, you know, this cheesy smothered mushroom chicken with mashed potatoes and roasted carrots, that sounds great. Meatballs with bulgogi sauce, uh, green beans, ginger rice, sriracha crema. That's okay, but I probably wouldn't want that. So I'll take that one out. Sun-dried tomato spaghetti with herbs, almond, and Parmesan. That sounds pretty decent, but let's see what else they have. So they have all these other options that can be added in place of anything that you don't want, including some of these up at the top, which are premium ones. So like this one's a premium because uh, it has like an addition per. So I usually skip the the premium ones and just go because they have enough of like the really nice ones. Um, like, and then just pick one that, that sounds good. So because of this, like you can end up, and this isn't the same every week. So like this week it has all of these. And then next week there's going to be a completely different set of all of these different things to choose from. So the chances that you're not going to find anything that you like are very, very low. And even if it was something I'm like, I don't know if I would like that. A lot of times I do end up really liking it. So it, it all kind of works out um, in that way. Uh, Mr. Nick James says, my biggest concern is how the food delivery services keep the meat and dairy cold when delivered. If I'm at work all day, can you talk about your delivery experience with ingredients that need to be refrigerated? That is actually a really good question. Um, so inside these packages, they are, and I could get a, I could get a box, but uh, I'll, I'll leave that there. It's a cardboard box. And inside the cardboard box is this like foil line corrugated board all along the outside bottom and top um, that makes it very condensed so it's like being in um, in a little mini cooler and inside that there's uh, ice packs on the bottom um, which are like natural you can dump them down your drain some of them are you can cut them open and they actually are plant food inside and you can like feed your garden with it which was really cool um, and then on top of that is the meat uh, and then they have a piece of cardboard and then they have another another cooler packs on top of that and then all of the veggies and stuff and then the the corrugated top so everything stays really refrigerated and they're designed to be able to sit outside for it up to a full day so if you are like leaving for an extended period of time getting somebody to bring it in for you is a good call um or um you can actually change on this, like what day the delivery is coming, um, which I don't have that screen up right now, but you can, or you can skip one so you can edit the delivery and you can reschedule it to be, you know, oh, Saturday, I'm not going to be around. So let's change that to Sunday. And then I can just reschedule it then. Um, I can skip the week and there's no cost. I'm not going to get charged for that week. Some weeks I like, I'll have... Uh, like this week, I was out of town for several days, so I probably won't end up eating all of the meals. So maybe next week I skip my delivery, and then that way I get caught up with all of my meals, and it costs me one one less boxes worth. Um, so they do do a good job. To answer your question, they do a good job of of um, keeping all of this really minimal. And dairy, I haven't. I don't know if I've had any meals that actually have dairy in them. Um, other than cheese, I guess, technically. Uh, but then even then cheese isn't as necessary to like keep like perfectly frozen cold. Um, that one has a little bit more flex to it, but I've never had an issue where leaving it out for a day has made it like anything go bad. Uh, it's always still very, very cold. Hmm. Now, what kind of foods attract you most meter? Um... I like, I usually end up getting one of the burgers uh, at least every other week. They always have really good burgers. Um, I usually like to have something with a pasta because uh, it's usually a little bit quicker. And it tells you as well, like how long it takes to, to make. Like this pasta is 20 minutes, whereas this uh, cheesy smothered mushroom chicken is 40 minutes. So it tells you like how long those things are going to take. Um, 
So I usually try and find a balance where I have one meal that's a little bit quicker, one meal that one meal that is something that I like and guaranteed I know I'm going to love. Um, and then one meal that maybe is a risk. Maybe it's uh, a little bit more risky. There's a chance I won't like it or it's harder to cook and there's a chance I F it up, um, which I've never met messed up any of them. The only time I did was last week, actually. And it was because I was uh, I got distracted while I was cooking and I burned something because I left it in for twice as long as I needed to. It was nothing to do with the recipe. It wasn't difficult. I just didn't set a timer and screwed up. Hmm. Um, but I try and diversify, you know, not three chicken meals, not three pork meals, like one of each, maybe. Um, just try and I try and mix it up while also um, doing stuff that I I think I'm going to like, and a lot of times I get surprised. Mm-hmm. A lot of the foods I find myself gravitating towards, I, I don't have one of these services, but uh, so I like meat a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I would buy steak a lot more if it wasn't so like expensive. Yeah, like, steak is probably my favorite like food of all time. Uh, chicken is pretty great. Uh, chicken is a weird one though because it really depends on how you cook it because you can have really good chicken or you can have like kind of like meh chicken and also have bad chicken but uh it's usually like meh to really great uh like chicken parmesan is just like amazing um, yeah or, or chicken t- parm is really good kentucky fried chicken that's also really good too mm-hmm. so uh chicken's another great meat uh, i like ham quite a bit like i like most any meat uh sausage a little bit less but sausage can be really good too uh, mm-hmm. if it's a real good sausage i think mean, it, it can be incredible yeah uh eggs are great uh mm-hmm. i'm huge in the cheese like like mm-hmm. most any cheese really but i think uh cheddar swiss provolone are my favorites and like whenever i make like eggs i put like three five slices on there yeah and you know i make quite a bit of eggs by the way uh and so a lot of those things, I don't like milk, so it's kind of strange because a lot of times like there's a base ingredient, let's say like uh, milk, which milk mm-hmm. is made into cheese and there's other stuff that goes into it too, but I don't like milk as much. Milk is okay if it's like sugary, like with cereal stuff or like uh, chocolate milk, but I don't like milk by itself. Yeah. And same kind of goes for like some other stuff. Like uh, I could say I don't necessarily like tomatoes, but I like salsa. I like, you know, I like uh, marinara sauce. I like tomato based products. A lot of times but i don't think i'd eat like a raw tomato itself yeah but there, there's so many different foods like usually it's gonna be salty like i love bread uh pretzels mm-hmm. uh i don't like sweet stuff as much uh but if i was to go for anything sweet it'd be something like a uh, hot tamales or uh oh, what's the other thing called uh swedish fish swedish fish are great i mean those are definitely just pure sweetness yeah but i hate veggies veggies yeah so fucking tough to eat yeah i mean having having veggies paired with the right thing is really important um and like just finding a couple that you you actually do like but if it's part of like a meal i find i usually find it much easier to to eat that and i definitely like salads i could eat a salad any day Uh, they just they're just a lot to make because you have to cut up like all the vegetables i i don't like just like a really super basic one so that's kind of my bad on that as well. Memory I have uh, from uh, time with you is like when we were like in, I think it was middle school, maybe high school if it was early high school. But uh, I went over to your, your place and your mom and dad were making dinner and we had it kind of outside or maybe it was a dinner, maybe it was a lunch, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was all right. But there's a big salad meal that your stepmom had and yeah. she was kind of trying to get me to eat it. So I started kind of eating it and it's like, Ugh. Like, like I was just like kind of throwing up in my mouth essentially. Yeah. And then uh, she left for a little bit and then everyone at the table was like, okay, you know what to do, right? It's like, what? It's like, okay, come, come with me. You took me out to the woods and we just threw out <laughs> in the woods. <laughs> no, don't remember that, but I'm not, not doubting you. I'm just saying I personally don't remember that. Yeah. Her salads are always very uh, over the top, like with Brocco sprouts in them, which I can't stand that shit. Um, and stuff like that, like they're wicked, wicked healthy. Uh, but eating them for me, even just the texture, brutal. Mm-hmm. It, for, for me, like I wish I could eat salads or I wish I wanted to eat salads because that would be very good. I mean, it's kind of like I want to work out every day. You know, I want to like study every day. There's things you want, right? 
but whether they're achievable for you is another thing, right? Yeah. And for me, eating salads, I mean, <laughs> not achievable. Not achievable. <laughs> <laughs> it's just impossible, man. I don't know. It, it's like you're essentially telling me to eat grass, right? And people are like, oh, yeah. just put some dressing on there, or just uh, you know, crumpets yeah. or something like that. And it's like, yeah, eat a crumpet. You're, you're mentioning a point. You're making me eat grass. Yeah. This is what it uh -huh. feels like. Like. I don't think I haven't like bought salads and tried to force myself to eat them for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes and just end up gagging and spitting it all out. Well, that's a little over the top. <laughs> you gag on a salad? Yes. What the hell's wrong with you? It tastes terrible. Okay. <laughs> I teach their own. Uh. What would you do if you ate like a clump for a glass? Would you just like kind of down it or would you like end up throwing it out? I mean, I'd just eat it. I'd add Italian dressing and fucking go to town <laughs> on that. Uh, we do have a question in chat uh, from Nick James. Doing dishes every night seems like a daunting task given that I work a 40-hour work week. That's fair. If you don't have a dishwasher in your home, do you have any tips or tricks that help you keep the kitchen clean? That's a really good question. So I live in uh, a trailer. This is... The wideness of this room is the wideness of my entire house. Um, and this screen is on one of my walls. So this is the full size of this room. And most of the rooms are about this size, including the kitchen. Um, I do not have a, have a dishwasher. So what I found super helpful is when I start up the stove, like the first, the first step is usually, you know, preheat the oven um, or, you know, put down the pan and, and start to heat up some oil on medium high. So while that's going on, I will start filling the sink um, and I'll fill the sink with soapy, soapy hot water. And then as I'm cooking, I'll be washing simultaneously. So I'll be cooking a thing here. Uh, okay, now I need to wait five minutes for that water to boil. So I'll be washing some of the dishes that I've made while I was cutting up vegetables. Um, so by the time I'm done cooking, all of the dishes also are pretty much done. And then the last thing I do is I just slip everything in because one of the worst things about cooking is when after you've cooked, you have like a pan or something that you went and ate and came back and now there's like shit hardened onto it. If you just clean it right away, like everything comes right off um, and then you don't have to think about it. So I'm eating while the sink is like draining because I just pulled the plug and everything's fully done. It makes my life way, way easier to kind of cut down on the time there by timing everything out. Now, you do need to, you know, this can also help you work on your multitasking skills, which you need to have some of those skills in order to, to do that, to do jump between things um, and have timers going and all of that. But I find it very helpful since I, you know, I work, I work 40 hour a week, probably more. I have a, I don't have a dishwasher. That's how I keep everything. And I have a very small amount of space. That's how I keep everything uh, clean and organized is by doing it live while I'm I'm in the process of cooking. Yeah. I would say just, just doing it anyway. I mean, yeah, just got to push yourself through it. I mean, it, it's like bathing, showering, uh, pooping. Just got to do uh -huh. it. You know, can't, can't just like ignore it. That's, that's an awful tip or trick. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Nike, calm down. <laughs> well, it's it's one of those things like uh, kind of say with cooking, right? Because or eating, you just, just kind of got to do it. I mean, you don't really have much choice. I mean, you you can hold off for a while, but eventually the time's going to come due for it. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's you, you can wait, but is is it going to be harder to wait, or is it going to be harder to uh, just do it right there? I mean, mm. a lot of people. A lot of people, they procrastinate and they only do it when it builds up so much, but just kind of keeping up with it's the big thing. Cause if you don't keep up with it, that's the big problem, I think. Yeah. So don't wait until it's overwhelming. Try and knock it off a little bit at a time. The The nice thing about, about what I do is be, is every time I cook, it's two servings. So I eat one serving and the other servings for the next day. So I'm only really doing dishes every other day. Um, now if you're cooking this and you, you have a partner or you're cooking for somebody, maybe divide and conquer one person's doing dishes while the other one's cooking. And then by the time it's done, everything's done. Um, or one person does the dishes after you're done cooking. 
Um, there's ways to, to maybe divide tasks that are like, okay, this week I'll cook and you wash dishes and maybe next week we switch, or maybe you like that agreement. So you just always do it that way. Um, you know, try and try and get everybody involved in the process when, when possible, you know, there's, I'm always talking ideals here. It's not all, it does, doesn't always work perfect. Sometimes I don't do the dishes live. Sometimes I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to do it and I'm deal with that later. And then I deal with it later and it's tomorrow problem. Um, but if you can try to try to cut down on the time, that's how I would suggest personally doing it. A weird tip to motivate people to do things is to increase your disgust sensitivity to something. Because a lot of times what motivates you to do something is your, your negative impact of that thing. So like some people, they will get motivated to start running or to, uh, stop smoking because of the imagined consequence. So they'll start thinking about like, you know, dying of cancer or they'll think about like, you know, being 500 pounds and not being able to get out of bed, these different things. Uh, you can take little things that just kind of bug you, like maybe just like a dirty sink. Like you can just take that and just start magnifying it and just like really focusing on these little tiny things that kind of bother you. And that will motivate you a bit to kind of keep up with it more because it, the issue with having dishes being backed up is your you know, sensitivity to that disgust or to that uh, mess is too high, so or too low rather. So, to, if you raise it, then you're more motivated, more motivated to do it, just because it, it's gonna like invigorate you more. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, try and kind of kind of manipulate your the way that your body naturally responds to things to make it work in your favor. Uh-huh. Condition yourself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. One thing I find kind of interesting about food is how all around the world, there's different types of foods and different different things. And of course, like we, like in America and other places, we get versions of these foods that maybe aren't necessarily authentic. So like we think about Mexican food or Chinese food, like they're not real Mexican or Chinese food at all. But we can still kind of get like these little tastes here and these different kind of swaths. And I just find that really, really intriguing because it's like there's so much variety in food and it's just incredible that like for something that I guess it could just be endlessly diverse because you know molecular chemistry can go like very very haywire in it's uh probability you know, different kind of combinations but it's still just intriguing that there's so many things out there and each culture has their own kind of like tastes for something and mm-hmm. how those tastes kind of evolve over time and also how your palate which may have never interacted with this other palate here let's say Let's say I a real Chinese palate, like how you can just explore a whole nother world entirely. Yeah. And what's super interesting is that a lot of these are like have their bases, right? So like maybe the base is uh around rice because that's what's popular or, or that's what's um you know plentiful. available in that culture. Yeah, plentiful, thank you. Um or you know, maybe it's based around wheat because that's what's plentiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that can change based on region. And a lot of that becomes like the the basis for that culture Uh, a lot of fish in japan because they don't have a lot of space to cultivate um you know livestock and stuff like that right right yeah so like japan is rice for their base uh wheat is kind of more the europe kind of area uh corn is kind of more the us like we have so many corn-based products it's it's crazy and then i think if you go into like uh like south america that kind of region it's uh plantains which are like a kind of banana almost not not Mm -hmm. technically but they use plantains and everything. And it, there's all these different kind of cultural staples, which are potatoes. If you go like uh, out West, you know, that's kind of the staple there. And so all these kind of staples create different diets. Uh, it's actually kind of interesting because uh, a lot of foods that get really popular tend to be more of like the low-class foods, if that makes sense, like pizza. Pizza was kind of made as like a low-class food because it's super easy to make. Just have dough. Dough is really cheap to make. And then you have sauce and just a bit of cheese. And so this is what people just, you know, let's say low mid-class would make on the streets back in the day. And, but it's really gotten popular because it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, a really, it's a really tasty food for very, I'm not going to say low effort, but not crazy effort where you have these other foods for super high grade and kind of really hard to do, like, a, I don't know, thousand-year-old egg or whatever. Thousand, yeah, thousand-year-old egg. I'm not interested in that bad boy. That sounds super gross, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I learned that's kind of gross in general is apparently uh, eating rotten meat was pretty common 
for a while. I mean, back in the day, it was just kind of a thing you did. Like we think of rotten meat, like this is being inedible, but it's really not. You just have to be a bit more careful with it. Apparently, I don't know the full details of it, but you know, they, they had a lot worse shit that you know we don't even comprehend anymore. Yeah, that sounds real gross. Mm -hmm. That sounds like no. What kind of food from another culture are you most, uh, like, say, at heart with? Uh, you, I mean, it, it's hard to say from another culture because, like, we're American. So, like, the whole point of America is all of the cultures coming together. So mm -hmm. um, that's kind of kind of hard to say. I really love anything seafood, so sushi's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would have sushi every day if it was feasible to not get die of mercury. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, I myself would say I like uh, uh, I like Mexican food a good bit, but I would say mine would probably be uh, like Chinese food. But it's American yeah, Chinese really food; it's a big thing. Yeah, it it really is. If you watch any documentary, like where they go to China, the foods they eat there is like way way different than we imagine. Like they eat a lot of bugs, which you know, I think we should be more opinion than bugs in America because more sustainable for the uh ecology or the planet and also like it's more uh economically stable but you know we don't but over there in china they do it and have no qualms and i think we should you know maybe take that up but again i like american chinese food but chinese chinese food i'd probably have an issue with yeah they also i don't i don't know i would probably i'd probably I don't, I'm super not picky though. Like I don't, mm -hmm. I don't choke to death on a salad. So, um, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll, I like trying new stuff, even if it's like, you know, not, not something I think I'll like, I'll at least try it. And a lot of times I don't, but sometimes I do. Mm -hmm. so, so I saw my, my nephew, my nephew is, I mean, his, his mother's from Mexico and they actually had a bowl full of like mealworms and he loved it. And to me, that was just like really kind of disgusting. Yeah, but, bu bugs would be a hard one to, to overcome. But you know, I could see myself going for it. Uh, I actually thought of this idea, which is kind of dumb, but uh, the, the idea is that you could have like a competition to kind of like Americanize or kind of Westernize like bug meals. Because bug meals are popular in two thirds of the world, just not the Western world, really. And that's mostly because bugs in the Western world typically are poisonous. Uh, like, we don't eat them for a reason over here, but over in those other places, they aren't so poisonous and they're just edible. So th that's the reason for the different cultures. But you could actually create like a game show or something where you have chefs trying to make like a, a bug burger that people can't tell is a bug burger in these different competitions. And that, I think, would help take out some of the ethicality if it gets popular, you know, let's say someone makes the ultimate bug burger and it becomes really popular, people want to try it out, then you can maybe make, say, farming a bit more ethical and you can kind of have a bit more sustainability there. So I think there's something to be said with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're, they've kind of jumped over bugs and went straight to plant-based meat, um, sure. which I think people find a little more palatable and that kind of mm -hmm. resolves the same issues you're talking about. Um so that it's it's all it's all going to be super interesting how that how that pans out and maybe I don't know if places will m switch to just plant based at some point um, if the culture would ever would ever shift that far um, I don't imagine it would but I, I don't think it's impossible either I'd, I'd be okay with it I mean I've tried something called like corn which is from some company I, okay, okay. It, it's it's corn with a Q. But they make like these uh, corn dogs. <laughs> I don't know where you're cracking oh. up. Because just the statement of I tried this thing called corn. It was made by some company. I don't just like imagining an ear of corn. <laughs> okay, but what they do is they make like uh, vegetarian beet based products. Mm -hmm. So they made like this. Uh, they have this corn dog product where it it's like a corn dog and it has like the little hot dog portion, but you really can't tell it's like uh, a plant based product. And also take it tastes a little bit better than a real hot dog because hot dogs kind of taste like shit, I think. But uh, th that's one instance. And, you know, if we had lots of foods like that, like, I don't see a reason necessarily to choose the meat-based product. 
Uh, there's also one other thing with that too, where uh, they're making products out of plants, but they're also experimenting a bit with uh, homegrown meat. Like, so, so if you take like a stem cell, you can kind of uh, create that stem cell to kind of like reproduce. And if you do it with certain muscle cells, you can get those muscle cells to just kind of like create like a layer of meat. And you can just start farming meat itself without having any like brain attached to it. It's just, mm -hmm. just, just a meat farm. And I think that's a really good idea because then you take out some of the ethics of it as well. And also you get like real nice meat and it meat's pretty good for you for the most part. Mm -hmm. There's something really creepy about that though. What throws you off about it? It's just meat growing itself. I don't know. It's just, it's, there's something in my brain that is like, that's gross. Well, that's what we are though. No, well, we got a brain. Okay. True. True. So, so For we're... some reason that makes a difference. <laughs> I can't explain it. I'm not trying to explain it. I'm just saying how I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's creepy at all. I think it just makes perfect sense. It's, it's a great thing mm -hmm. to capitalize on. And you also do like lots of weird stuff with that too. Like maybe you create like a like a meat muscle, and then you can put this muscle in like certain places. I don't know. If that's getting a little bit crazy, but you can create these biological systems, like by growing meat that way. Now, now I'm going crazy, but yeah. Are you talking about adding muscles to a robot skeleton? Yeah, something like that. Okay, so you want to grow a human that has a robot body? That'd be amazing. Why would you add the organic component at that point, Ethan? Like science. Oh, okay. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> <laughs> but you could also maybe even start growing like uh, limbs. Maybe get somebody's like genetic material and you get it to grow like a, I don't know, like a calf muscle. And then you can use that calf mm -hmm. muscle to replace somebody's calf muscle. No, that, I mean, that would be really cool. Uh, aside from cooking, like I found, I, I really like cooking, but. I would much rather cook for people than for myself. Like if I cooked and didn't eat any of it and just like had other people eat it and enjoy it, I wouldn't mind that. Mm -hmm. I just, I like, I like cooking more than I like eating the cooking. That's strange. I hate cooking. Uh, I like eating the cooking. Oh, wow. Well, it sounded like a perfect pair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wh why do you like cooking? Uh, I don't know. I like, I like cooking for somebody, I guess. Like, I don't know. It's, it's the, I like doing service based labor. Um, serving people is like one of, it's my biggest passion. So I think it falls under that. And like, especially when it's something that somebody can enjoy and it nourishes them. Uh, there's like so many aspects to cooking that are like such a big benefit to somebody that, and a lot of people don't like it. I, I just really, I definitely enjoy the service of giving somebody something that they, they enjoy eating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's kind of a, like a meme with that because people who are in like the chef industry, a lot of times are not, it's not a very thankful job, right? Mm -hmm. But then there's kind of like this epitome where people can kind of touch other people's hearts through cooking. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's a little bit of just like a polish that gets added on like Hollywood side of stuff, like you know, like diamonds are forever. Like that's a Hollywood creation. I think it's a little bit of a Hollywood creation with that too. Like this kind of glorifying chefs and things to do, but it's also true too. Cause I know some people who have like had a dish and reminded them of something their grandmother made. And then they mm -hmm. get this like very, very emotional for that because this brings back all those memories and food, I think sometimes can touch people in those ways. Yeah. And I mean, it has, it touches like uh, all the senses, right? Um, so that's, that's super interesting because especially with memory, like smell is the number one trigger of memory, uh, and the, one of the strongest. So sometimes you can smell something and it brings back memories you have, you don't even know you had, uh, and that's super powerful. And then it has, it has taste, it has texture and feeling, um, you can look at it and if you present it right, it can be pretty to look at. Like it's, it's wonderful. Sound is really the only one that's not super, uh, ingrained in, in cooking, but Sometimes just hearing cooking can be nice too. Hearing the sizzle of uh, of meat on a grill is really like that's a summer sound, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree about that because it's like have you ever gotten one of those dishes where they bring it out and it's kind of like on the hot plate and it's kind of mm -hmm. like doing the gold grill sound. Yeah, like, like you're just like, oh, this is gonna be good. Yes. Um, also, like, have you ever done hibachi? Yeah. 
Hibachi is amazing for that too because you see everything. They do lots of cool stuff and tricks too. Yeah. But you also hear the sizzle and like all the little things within, you know, fire burning. So many different little aspects to it just kind of like get you like enticed into it. Yeah. No, that that's like a full that's a full event. The, the hibachi they've done a great job um, with with making that not just like it's a it's an eating experience, not just like a meal, uh, which I think is the biggest draw of that. Separate from from cooking, but kind of in the same vein as baking, right? Mm-hmm. What's your what's your experience when it comes to to baking? I don't have much experience, if I'm being honest. Uh, like I've made cakes and stuff in the past. Uh, I may have made bread with my mom at one point, mm-hmm. but uh, I think the biggest thing I've experienced with it's not quite baking, but making pasta, mm-hmm. kind of along the same like a similar lines. And making pasta is actually pretty fun. Like me and my girlfriend, uh, we did it a couple times, and it's a lot better than store bought. I gotta say that. Like it, it tastes a lot better. You can kind of add just a little bit more salt to it, so it has an little extra flavor to it, and. That, that that's a lot of fun uh baking bread would be great you know because i love bread uh cakes not so much i'm not like super into cakes but mm. you know i'd be, be cool with bread do you have much experience with it yeah what's the what's the hardest thing you've ever baked uh what, what do you think was the most difficult recipe maybe time consume time consuming uh, wait, we're talking just like pastries and stuff or are we talking like just in general just in general uh, I don't know. I try not to do anything too crazy with the recipes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't really have, have a good answer for that, to be honest. A cake from scratch, I can imagine being difficult, or or using like a box cake. Uh, it's it's like a box cake, I guess. So remember mm-hmm. doing that. You like just have like the the, the flour from the stuff, and then you have to add like eggs and some milk or whatever and oil. Yeah, just mix yeah, it together. So it, it pre puts in like all of the baking soda and uh all of that stuff yeah yeah all of the dry ingredients are already mixed mm-hmm. one thing i looked into making from scratch was uh like cheese uh, mm-hmm. and it seems like the easiest cheese to do that would be mozzarella mm-hmm. and so that's something i'm interested in doing because number one it could give you a lot of cheese number two uh cheese is amazing mm-hmm. uh, number three i think it's just kind of badass to make your own cheese i mean yeah it, it, it just pull like a stamp on me that says ba yeah and yeah so that's one kind of thing i was thinking about making on my own uh the other thing was uh you can make like certain kind of yeast products which gets kind of interesting because i've seen some videos on this like you can actually grow your own yeast culture and then Mm -hmm. you know as you feed it it actually like grows like which is really weird and you can add it to like breads and stuff and that seems really interesting just from like a science perspective like what you're actually Mm -hmm. doing it's just really intriguing so, but yeah, pr- probably cake, maybe the most difficult thing I've done, but I don't really mm-hmm. do t- too much. Is that like, like sourdough? Like yeah. Sourdough, you need to like have a yeast culture and all that stuff and yeah. like a starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's what it was. I, yeah. Cause I saw a couple of different videos, but one was definitely about sourdough. That's for sure. Yeah. Right on. How about yourself? Yeah, I, Peter? I like, I like baking. Um, it's kind of different than cooking because cooking, like, you know, it's, it's a little more fast paced. It's a little less, there's like, there's less waiting around and it's a little easier to like fix things. Um, and I don't know, I find I, I stick closer to a, a direct recipe with cooking than I do with baking with baking. It's kind of like, there's a lot of ad lib thrown in. Uh, I'm better with substitutions, things like that. Um, so a lot of times I'll get a recipe and I'll just like kind of change it as I'm mixing everything together. I'm like, oh, this feels too thick. So I'll add something to to thin it out a little bit um, or vice versa. So or like, oh, I don't like that ingredient. So add something else like if it wanted I don't know, caramel for whatever reason. I don't like caramel, so I might replace it with something else or even adding something that has nothing to do with the, the ingredient, like a cake, uh, like, uh, I, I made my own cake from scratch and my own frosting from scratch and it was a chocolate cake and I didn't want the, just like vanilla frosting. I wanted a peanut butter frosting. So I just added peanut butter to uh, a vanilla frosting 
thing instead of uh, uh, I cut down the vanilla significantly and added in straight peanut butter and when I was whipping it and maybe a little bit less of something else so that it tasted like peanut butter and it was really good on a on a chocolate cake or streaming the peanut butter through the cake or something like that kind of going I find it a little easier to do um, some like uh, improv stuff with baking than I do with cooking. Hmm. Uh, to that point, not quite about baking, but uh, I will make crazy recipes up a lot of time. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not like recipes per se, but it's like, let's, let's say I'm making soup, right? So I have like the Progresso can, soup can or whatever I'm making. And so I'll put like two slices of cheese in there, let's say provolone. Mm-hmm. And then what I'll do is I put like a bunch of pepper flakes in there, like a, like the cayenne pepper. And then I grab, I, I do like way too much of this, but it's like there's uh the, like coarse ground pepper. I'll put like maybe 10 tablespoons in, which Jesus. is probably too much for most people. That's a ton of pepper. Then some like parsley, some barley, and then uh, some salt and pepper, onion powder. Like I just kind of go crazy with the spices. and Barley? Barley. Huh. I don't think I've ever used barley in anything. It, it, it's, it's a spice. I just put it on. You really can't taste it, I don't think. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just kind of add way too much to the stuff. And same with eggs. Uh, I'll, I'll put that sort of stuff with eggs. So usually eggs is more hot sauce. But, mm. like, I just kind of go crazy with the spices a lot of times. And it, it's like I'm making the food to my taste. But I don't think my taste would be anybody else's taste for that. Yeah. Fair enough. I can usually think about, like, what would taste good. Um, again, it would be to my taste. But most of the time, people... Uh, I'm able to be like, okay, this is a fairly like mainstream. Everybody would like this, or this is something like I would specifically like. Um, or if I know somebody well enough, this is something that they would like. Mm-hmm. I can sometimes get in there. Mm-hmm. I used to make ramen, um, and uh, you know how after you make ramen, it's still like a lot of water in there. Yeah, in the in the pot. So drain out just a little bit of it, and still leave like a good a decent amount of water in there, and add in shredded cheese and stir it up and it thickens the water um and the water helps melt the cheese evenly and if you add enough cheese it will coat the entire ramen with cheese and while it's hot it's like insanely good it's not there's no more water it's all been soaked up by the cheese and the noodles uh and then reheated it's like there's like a layer of cheese in all of the ramen so like if you reheat it or even eat it cold it's like you can cut it like a pie pretty much and that, it's really good you would love it yeah that one sounds incredibly tasty like, you would, I'm i know you would love that yeah that's i'll make i'll make that for you someday yeah that, that's an amazing one right there and i'll add a bunch of hot sauces i have some special hot sauces from um hot sauce uh, new england hot sauce mm-hmm. um based out of new hampshire uh, they sent me some, and they're amazing. Mm. I, I still find it amazing that people like hot sauce. Like, mm. I, I'm a huge hot sauce person. I, I used to have hotter hot sauce than I do right now, but it, it, it's like, there's just something about it that draws it to me. And it, it's like I see certain like types out there, and I just try it out. I actually tried out a little bit of ghost pepper uh, recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a small amount, and that stuff is really hot. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but I think my favorite hot sauce would be probably cayenne. It's probably, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like a safe go-to. Like, you can't go wrong with that one. And you can put it on pretty much anything. Uh, the other would be, uh, what's it called? Habanero. Habanero is amazing, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, habanero has really good flavor. It's really hot. It's hotter than a habanero, than a um, jalapeno, like, by a lot. But the flavor of it is really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, jalapeno is really good. Yeah, uh, habanero, like, habanero is underrated for its flavor. Like, the flavor is just, mm-hmm. like... Amazing. I think most people can't get past the heat. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that makes sense. If you can you can get like certain habanero hot sauces that are not as hot, mm-hmm. but it's hard to find. Actually, this is one that I use a lot. It's uh uh what's the El Yucateo? I don't want to say it, but this is a pretty popular one. You see this in most grocery stores. And this one's just amazing. Like I put it in everything. But it, it is pretty hot. But there's been some out there I've tried that are like, like easy. New England hot sauce has a um, has a habanero mango one, 
and the mango like cuts down the heat of the habanero but doesn't get rid of the flavor so it's really nice for somebody who likes the flavor of habanero but can't stand it doesn't like the heat um i think you and i both like the heat so that's not really too much of a deterrent as long as it's like edible mm-hmm. yeah yeah the only thing that i have a hard time with the heat so i'm good with the heat like everywhere but sometimes you get at the very tip of your tongue and for some reason, that part of your tongue is just like about 20 times more sensitive than any other part. Mm. And you start dying because of that. Or sometimes there's little parts from your lip that will kind of do it too. But, you know, I can handle heat for the most part, but it's not on that one part of my tongue. The heat in the mouth is never the issue for me. It's the acid reflux that I have oh, yeah. repeating back on. Mm-hmm. Like it screwing up with my stomach is what what gets me. Yeah, yeah. No, I get you. I think- I think the hardest thing I ever baked was um, croissant. Uh, I made croissant dough from scratch, and that's a 24-hour process. Because you have to like, you like mix the ingredients and roll them out, and then put it in the fridge, and then fold it, and then put it in the fridge, and then fold it, and put it in the fridge, and like every time you're folding it, you're rolling it back out. Uh, and then there's like a 24-hour wait period on the final one, and then you can start cutting into strips. It's like it's crazy, but dude, <laughs> unmatched how good these are. Hmm. Especially if you like uh, fill them with chocolate or something. Or I had like little uh, Reese's peanut butter chocolate chips, um, and those were amazing in inside the croissant. Mm-hmm. Unreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last little subject here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something I'm amazed by is all the things that people eat. And how we found out these things are edible. And I think some a lot of it makes sense, right? Because we evolved over time. And so we, we kind of have a natural instinct of you know what's edible and what's not. I mean, not fully, but some of the things like people like realize and you know, this thing to eat is just just I don't know, I can't even understand it. Like the fact that we can manufacture chocolate out of chocolate like cocoa beans, like mm-hmm. th- that's pretty weird and interesting. Mm-hmm. If you think about it like logically, you know, with chickens, you know. Uh, there's that joke like uh who's the first person to say like uh next thing that come out of that chicken butt next thing that's gonna come out of that chicken's butt i'm gonna eat that mm-hmm. and just happens to be an egg i mean i don't think it's like that far of a mystery with some of those but you know just some of the things we like actually consume it, it, it is very very interesting and yeah i mean it seems like we've probably tried to consume everything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I guess the only thing we really don't eat is wood right i mean that's not completely true though, because cinnamon, like cinnamon's like tree bark, right? Mm. And we kind of ground it up, so not fully true, but very few things we don't eat. Grass, yeah, it was one of those. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it. A lot of times it comes down to like, is there any nutritional value or taste value in it? And a lot of those things you just mentioned, there's no. Mm. But I think like human instinct is like, can I eat it? Can I fuck it? Like those are the first two things that humans think. Mm-hmm. So like they're yeah. gonna try both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I suppose like certain things like grass. Like you can eat grass, but if I remember, like we don't eat it because it just takes so much like resources to digest. Mm-hmm. Like a cow has four stomachs just to process that grass, mm-hmm. and it does some crazy stuff to it. Mm-hmm. And there's other stuff like uh, what is it? Cool. I was eat eucalyptus and. Yep. Eucalyptus is one of those things. It doesn't have too much nutritional value. And mm-hmm. they have to eat a lot of it. And it's just very hard to digest. But they have this very dis- specialized digestive system to do with it. I guess that's maybe part of it. You know, it's not that we can't eat it. I guess we can't, couldn't eat rocks. But, you know, because there's no value there nutritionally. I mean, we use salt on just about every meal. Okay, Steve. <laughs> Steve. You're pointing. <laughs> you, you just proved me wrong. In a sense, stop. That was too good. And I mean, like with eucalyptus, like there's no nutritional value in that, right? And that like Mm -hmm. koalas have to eat like an insane amount because of that. But celery, they say it takes more calories to to eat it and process it in your body than it actually has in it. So Mm -hmm. it technically has like negative calories to eat that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that even like there not being nutritional value a lot of times doesn't even matter to, to humans. It's like, is it something we like eating? Yes. Then okay, they're gonna eat it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Celery is like a great uh, filler vegetable because mm. you can throw it into anything, and it may not 
you know, sustain you over the long term or anything, but, you know, it can fill your stomach. And sometimes that's what eating's about. It's more filling your stomach. Yeah. And water is great for that. Mm-hmm. If you haven't, if you haven't yet, anybody who's listening right now, take a drink and take some water, drink some water. You can use more water. Nathan. That, good job. That diet mountain water. <laughs> So that was a lot about cooking and kind of food in general. Maybe mm-hmm. a little bit about like sustainability. I don't know why, but I've been on this like sustainability kick for a little bit. Yeah, well, it seems like it. And I don't know. I just get like pissed off with things sometimes. Like, like, like we have this can right here and this is like a mm-hmm. Mountain Dew can. Like, I don't think this makes sense systematically. Like, I think it would make more sense for me to go to a store and like fill these glass bottles that will carbonate like it'll clean the bottles and it'll kind of carbonate them fill it with stuff and then i can just take it back and reuse the bottles yeah like, like i think that makes a lot more sense than like mm-hmm. reusing the stuff or like just kind of throwing the stuff out and so i don't know it, it's not even like an ecology sort of thing or like a i don't know like save the world save the planet it's just kind of like there's a better way to run this stuff like more efficient like, there are stores that do that that are like all uh, most stores now have like bring your own bags so you don't you're not walking out with bags mm-hmm. um and there are a lot of f- food stores that you bring your own cart like containers and you just p- shovel it with a, that little shovel into the into the container and mm-hmm. buy your food that way that way you're not utilizing a bunch of containers and and stuff like that at least there at least there's recycling now though right like that can can be recycled and mm-hmm boiled down or however they do it and used again yeah aluminum is one of those where it's it kind of makes a lot more sense because it's very easy to melt down and you can easily remake it into other stuff mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that aren't so easy like i think glass is one of those like yeah. like it, and a lot so of plastic sand right yeah i mean you, you can technically do it but it's just not very easy and a lot of times you're putting more energy in to like mm-hmm. recycle it than it, you're getting out like right. so it doesn't really make then sense you're getting in benefit yeah, yeah. What's your least? What's your favorite thing to cook? Um, Eggs. I'd probably say steak. Steak. Well, is that your favorite thing to cook or eat? Uh, both. Oh, what's your favorite? Way? How do you cook a steak? Uh, usually, uh, I kind of let it. So I learned this tip: you let it warm up a little bit before you start cooking it, because then it sears a little bit easier or something. You don't want to cook oh. like a uh, like frozen. a frozen steak. Uh, though probably some person can say no you're wrong you should cook a frozen steak but you know mm-hmm. g- get it all nice and seasoned uh you know just pop it on uh i liked it like well done so i just kind of cook it until like it's you know very good and then flip you it well done steak yeah the fuck's wrong with you i i i have like a phobia of like uncooked meat and i don't know if i ever told a story before but i ate like raw chicken once and mm-hmm. it made me really sick I think ever since that point, I, I just can't stomach like anything that's raw or rawish. Your favorite food is a steak and you always eat it like very well done. Yeah, well done. I, I can stomach it if there's a little bit of pink in there. But if it's just like pure pink, like I just start like kind of, I don't know. It, it's very hard for me to like put down. It just feels wrong. Yeah. Having it well done feels wrong too. See, I don't know why everyone's on that kick because it just doesn't taste that great. You know, because then rare. it's chewy and there's not as much flavor, and it's just, it's just not. It's like takes most of the flavor and the juices out of the meat by cooking it that long, and then you're chewing it for longer than it took to cook it. So you don't want to cook it where it's chewy. I mean, I guess it depends on the grade of the steak that you're getting, mm-hmm. but I haven't had that issue. Uh, and at the very least, you know, whenever people make steak for me, well done. It, it's it's very very easy to chew. But I, I can imagine that with cheaper steaks. Uh, the chicken I make, uh, most people probably wouldn't enjoy it too much. Like when I, when I cook it for like other people, you know, I can kind of get it to the right kind of like a uh, temperature and everything. But it, it's like when I cook it for myself, like I overcook it and it kind of gets a little bit maybe too chewy for most people. And so, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't mind it. I really don't like super juicy chicken, like super juicy, just watery chicken. Like that's, I don't know, that just kind of creeps me out. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I ate raw chicken once and it was... It, Why did like, you eat raw chicken? So, okay, th- this goes to a story here. I was making chicken in the apartment I used to have and uh, I didn't know the oven wasn't that great. Uh, 
or how not great it was. So I cooked this chicken for about two and a half hours and it was like, wait, what did you have it on? Like one? uh, I had a degree, 400 degrees. So for two hours. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, what's moral story is the oven was broken and I didn't know. So because I was following a recipe, right? And so it seemed to be cooking not as fast as I wanted to. And I was kept on testing it out a little bit. And mm-hmm. it got to the point where everything was like a white after like the two, two and a half hour mark or whatever, probably two hour mark mm-hmm. to being honest. Uh, and I'm like, okay, so it should be good then. And it's yeah. kind of like sliced into it. And you know, how like you have like one of those kind of big uh, ham roasts or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like that texture, if you, if you know what I mean. Okay. And I just kind of ate it. And uh, it, yeah, it, that's not good. It was not good. And no. I got sick. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, if there's one meat you want to make sure it's like very, very well cooked, that's the one. You can eat raw fish. You can eat raw, even regular like steak meat or, you know, mammal meat. But chicken, bird, no, that one you want to make sure it's cooked good. Uh-huh. And I wouldn't have like usually eaten it. Like, like I, I knew something was off with it, but I just kept on eating it because my thinking in the back of my head, I wasn't thinking this through. I cooked this for two hours. <laughs> it's got to be done by now. That was my reasoning. Nate, we need to talk. 